young people of the world today They don't seem to think Jesus is the light and way And they don't care what our Lord sacrificed They just rationalize with science like the Antichrist But you just grab them and you send them here I'm gonna put a little knowledge in their ears And they might have been Darwin devotees But now they're down in the cathedral playing on their knees Cause they are only godless sinners Till they met me Till they met me Yeah, they were only godless sinners Till they met me the liberal women of the USA fought for their right to independence and their equal pay And some of those women got it in their heads to forsake men and just take other women to their beds So just bring them round and I'll make them sure just what a man and woman's body were created for Cause they might have been one of Sappho's brood that's cause no one ever gave it to them really good Yeah, they were only lesbians till they met me Till they met me Yeah, they were only lesbians till they met me I'm gonna take them by the hand and I'll make all people understand Just be what we want you to be, just fall in line with society Why are you making such a fuss? We only want what's best for us And by us we mean all of us You surfed over to the site today because an update email came your way in You clicked on Rhapsody in Wax and started downloading Jordan's latest tracks But you might be shocked with what you find You always thought Jordan had such an open mind And you might have been Wax fans all along But I'm a betting that's changed now you heard this song Cause you were only Wax work listeners Till you heard me Till you heard me Yeah they were only lesbians Till they let me Till they met me Yeah you were only godless sinners Till you met me that was an extremely hasty and poorly done version of Waxwork Theme Tea. My name's Jordan D. White, and this is Cast in Wax. Um, thank you for letting me out of my jacket to play that. Do I have to put the jacket back on now? Mm, I think we can go without it for a little while. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, we have a special guest with us uh, today because I, was not, I wouldn't have been allowed to do the podcast otherwise. Um, this is Mr. Michael. I'm sorry. This is this is Doctor Michael Pemberton, my psychiatrist. Psychologist. My my psychologist. I'm sorry. My psych. Psychologist. You actually have to see a uh, separate uh, a separate physician known as a psychiatrist in order to receive a medicine or treatments or prescriptions. I, uh, that uh, that is how uh, we differ. I don't need, but I don't need prescriptions. I'm. That's what you think. No, I'm okay. Okay. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard uh, there was a little bit of an incident uh, involving my head getting hit with a plank, and then me being unconscious, and then me being the host of the show. Yes, there was that, and that was nice for what it was. I mean, I'm really the host. Yeah, but I was a better host. No, you're not a better host. Look, the point is, Doctor Michael Pemberton. Should I call you Michael? Should I call you Doctor Pemberton? Um. You could call me um, Michael, uh, Doc Mike. Um, well, no one really calls me that. I don't even know why I came up with that idea. Um, in a word, perhaps. I should call you perhaps? No, but perhaps you should call me something. Okay, well, Dr. Mike, Doc Mike, Doc Mike. No one's ever called me that before. It's not. It doesn't sound good. That's why. Well, I guess that would explain it. Dr. Michael Pemberton. But my last name isn't Michael. Dr. Pemberton. Okay, that works. Anyway, he... <sighs> He's my doctor now. Well, I mean, he's not my doctor, but he's a doctor that is helping me to not hit myself with a plank of wood, which is harder than it sounds. You see, we in the medical profession would- Wait, but I thought you weren't in the medical profession. Yes, I am. I just can't prescribe. Okay. But uh, we in the uh, medical institution would uh, call Jordan's actions self-medication. I've never seen- Wood used uh, as a means of self um, 
self-medication before. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know I haven't been introduced yet, but I just have to break in right here. Self-medication? Wouldn't it be more like self-mutilation? Self-harm? Well, it depends really on what he's going for here. I think he's trying to make himself uh, feel better. So it's not really injurious behavior, at least not from his point of view. He knocked himself unconscious. Uh, I should introduce, well, this is Rory Sinjin. He's my other co-host, who, who wasn't with us last week. But uh, I'm sorry, doc, doctor, you were saying. Well, it's he knocked himself unconscious with all the best of intentions. Yes, but it wasn't good for him to do. It hurt him. It did injure him. Whether he was meaning to injure himself or not, he did injure himself. Rory, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. Yes, but I cannot prescribe, and uh, neither should you, actually, especially with uh, pieces of wood. No, it wasn't a prescription. He didn't write himself... He didn't go to a pharmacy to get the wood. All the more reason why self-medication is... Just simply not a uh, good coping mechanism. Yeah, if a doctor tells you to get a piece of wood and the pharmacist gives you the piece of wood, then it's okay. It makes it right. They don't have pieces of wood at the pharmacy. That's what you think. What do you think the pharmacy's made out of, Rory? That's not what I'm... Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I don't see why you need a straitjacket. Be- like, I, well, he said I don't right now. So, but otherwise, I, I mean, listen, it gets hard. I feel sad inside, and I want to hit myself in the face with a piece of wood. Again, this is a classic uh, self-medication. Um, Rory, as as um, as evidenced here, he's using the wood to make himself uh, feel better from his uh, well, feelings of sadness. I d- you know, I I don't think you're I I don't think your professional opinion is correct. <laughs> That's what you think. Well, yes, that is what I think. That's what I just said. And and and, and I don't think you're a medical professional either. You have a PhD. Well, yeah, it just means I can't uh, prescribe. There are plenty of people in the uh, psychology profession who um, just can't prescribe medicine. But I, none of the people in the psychology profession can prescribe a medicine because they are PhD doctors, not MD or DO or anything like that. Not even a DDS. See, that's a splitting hairs right there. We could still help with your problems. Well, I suppose, yes. Hopefully you can help people with their problems. Like right. So- someone came over, you know, to uh, my house uh, just the other day and said that they, you know, had a bit of a sugar deficiency. So, you know, I came by with my bag of sugar and, you know, sent them on their merry way. I help people with their problems. I'm sorry, how is that a psychological problem? That might not necessarily be a psychological problem, but I still help with people's problems, and I'm a a psychologist. A bag of sugar? Yeah. Someone just needed uh, to borrow some sugar. Oh, like a neighbor with a... uh, That's not the same thing. Well, I I mean, I could use some sugar, I think. Well, unfortunately, I don't have any sugar on me right now, but I do have a (sighs) lot of knowledge of psychology on me. I suppose that can help me, too. At any rate, um, thank you for being here, Doctor, because like I said, I was not allowed to do a podcast without the help of a psychological uh, a doctor or person of psychological knowledge. So thank you. Anytime. Okay. Anyway, uh, we, have a, we have a lot of episodes and things on the show today. Um, oh, we're, well, let's talk about last episode. First of all, thank you, Scapey, for taking over the episode and, and um, making sure it was good. You're welcome, Dad. I, I had a great time. I sang a couple of songs. I did a lot of talking. I explained to people about how things work a lot of times. It was really good. I think anytime you don't want to do a show, just leave it to me. I could do a whole show. Well, I'm okay. But I think, I mean, I, I can do a show, especially now that Dr. Michael here is helping me. Uh, da- Dr. Pemberton. Dr. Pemberton. My last name is not Michael. Dr. Pemberton. Right, but but uh, your name is Michael and you're a doctor. Right, which is why it would make more sense to nickname me perhaps Doc Mike. But Doc Mike sounds... It really and sounds... no one's ever called me that either. I, well, I called you that one yeah, time. Yeah, and I didn't know why. You told me to. Well, I gave it as a valid suggestion. It is a valid suggestion. Doc Mike. 
It sounds terrible. Yeah, I agree. It does sound terrible. So then it's not a valid suggestion anymore. How about... It, it is a valid suggestion. This is not a reliable suggestion. Doc Pem. Now that's just being silly. Let's shorten your last name. We, just, we could shorten it the other way and call it Doc Tun. Doc Tun? Pemberton. Well, I mean, it's like calling you Mr. Ite. Well, more like Mistite. Mistite? Mistite. It sounds like a villain from Sailor Moon. I am Mistite. Bow before me. I will get your energy. And crystals. And crystals. All of these things. All right, Dr. Pemberton. That's a lot of syllables. Well, let's talk to Dr. Pemberton a little for a moment. I mean, you know, we don't, it's not often we have guests. Uh, so, Doctor, uh, where did you go to school? I went to uh, NYU Veterinary School. I'm sorry, did you say veterinary school? Yes, veterinary school. They have a very good animal psychology program. So, I'm sorry, you're an animal psychologist? Yes, one of the foremost in his profession. So then how are you treating Jordan? He's an animal. Counts as being in the kingdom of animals. As opposed to vegetable? Yes. Yeah, I, that would be a much more serious psychological problem if I was a vegetable. I was thinking about becoming a vegetable psychologist, but there's just no money in that. Because vegetables don't have any money. Yeah. Right. And there's not much to really look into in terms of their psychology either. Well, I think I think when you're treating a vegetable, correct me if I'm wrong, because I only took like one psychology class. If you're treating a vegetable, it's more about, you know... It's going to be more of a medical side. You're going to be, like, wiping up their drool and making sure their limbs don't atrophy and things like that. Well, that and, uh, you know, like, the actual literal vegetables all seem to have the same psychological disorder. Uh, we like to call it a photophilia. What does that mean? They just really like light. They always grow in the general direction of it. It's just so pathological. How do you treat that? Well, we try to get them into, you know, like, dark rooms and everything, but then they just kind of tend to not grow so well at that point. They get depressed, kind of wither up. And... Yeah, and die usually. Wow, so the treatment usually ends in death? Yeah, it's not very effective. That's why there's not that much money in vegetable psychology. Wow, they all die. I mean, to be fair, all animals die too. Yeah, we're looking to combat that in terms of the psychological field. How is that psychology? That sounds like a medical problem. Death is not a psychological problem. Mind over matter. If you convince yourself you can't die, you can't. Where's the proof? 100% of the people who believe that they can die do so eventually. That's proof that everyone dies, yes. No, proof that everyone who thinks that they can die will die. So where's the person who doesn't think that they're going to die? We just haven't found them yet. There's just so much, I don't know, fatalism in the world. And that's what you're trying to treat. Exactly. Fatalism. Yes. And that, I think that's part of the problem is that I always thought I was going to die someday too. See? You just need to employ more positive thinking. That, you know, I'd probably be a lot less sad if I was never going to die. Yes. Then I wouldn't have to hit myself in the head ever. Yes. You see, two birds, one stone, or block of wood. So, Rory, why are you standing in the way of my treatment? I Because it's no treatment. That's he, what you think. I, so I, that is what I think. That's what I said. I, if anyone here has mental problems, it's Dr. Pemberton. <sighs> I get this a lot. Because this it's true. No, it's classic projection. You're just of the fatalist variety. Okay, so you're saying that because I think I'm going to die someday, I think well, you're Well, you're crazy. under the delusion that you're going to die someday. That's correct. You think that I'm under the delusion that I'm going to die someday, and therefore I think you're crazy? Yes, classic self-fulfilling prophecy. And then you're just uh, creating justifications to back up your strange worldview. So you're saying you're not going to die someday? Correct. What if I killed you right now? Then you're just acting out a hallucination. I'm sorry. If I pulled out a gun and shot you in the face, it would be me hallucinating it? Does the gun really exist? Well, no, it's a, it's a, it's a figurative example. Well, you see, there we go. Reality just uh, just conquered your example. Yes, well... Just oh, like reality will conquer the delusion that we're all going to die. Hurry, why are you trying to give my doctor such a hard time? 
no, he's really just questioning my thesis. And I, you know, in the scientific field, we really value, you know, peer review and falsifiability. So the difference is that I actually am a learned person with a with a high terminal degree in a respected field and a terminal worldview too. Well, perhaps I believe that everyone's going to die. Yes, I mean there is a world where no one is going to die, but it's a very crowded world. And it's not this one, and that's a world I plan on being a part of. So d- wait, so doctor, so you were ta- you were telling us about veterinary school? Oh yes. Um. So I studied at uh, the the veterinary school for animal psychology. What was your? Uh, did you do a thesis? What was your thesis? My thesis was, you know, it kind of led right into this this whole idea that um, based on a based on a one week study, we encountered uh, dogs who did not believe that they were going to die, and over that one week study, they all survived i'm sorry uh, does that mean that most of the time dogs are are walking around even though they're wagging their tails and looking happy they're sitting there thinking they're gonna die well some of them are some of the more fatalistic uh persuasion yes but again i've never met a dog that didn't die you're just not meeting the right dogs so somewhere in the world there's a large quantity of living dogs who are never gonna die well maybe not a large quantity maybe there's maybe they're my um hypothesis so far is that they're in the large minority of dogs. Okay, for example, Scape. Yeah. No, I, I was talking about you. Oh, wow. Well, because I never taught Scape that he's going to die. I mean, that would be a kind of Then a he'll live forever. Yeah, die. Why would I not live forever? Come on. So then how about this? So then if we, if we go in, well, I'm sure they're not going to let us actually, I mean, ideally, I would like to scrub all the textbooks of all reference of death. So that children growing up never even learn the concept of death. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Then no children would ever know about death and they would never die. Hmm. Yeah, but then we're getting a little bit into like historical revisionism there. And that's uh, where we kind of draw the ethical line. But isn't it worth it? I mean, people could say George Washington started, founded our country, uh, you know, things like that. And then the kids will be like, can I ask him about it? And we can go, he went to a farm. He's living out on a farm and we can't, maybe someday we'll go visit him, but he's out on a farm right now. Yeah, that, that, that might work. So that all historical figures are out on a farm somewhere. Yeah, they, they buy some real estate in the region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out in the country. And there's lots of room for them to run. Yeah. Perhaps uh, when they reach a certain age, they uh, purchase that uh, pasture. Yes. Yes, we put them out to pasture. Or by the farm. Yes. I'm sorry. So you're going to lie to children that everyone who's ever lived is alive. We're no. We're just going to tell them that uh, George Washington bought the farm and and that he's there right now on the farm. Oh, well, perhaps somewhere we we don't necessarily have to say that he's uh, perhaps six feet under, as they say, but that he bought the farm. I mean, the problem, of course, being that's a lot of textbooks to revise. Well, no really good thing ever came easy. I guess to start with, we could do like a sticker on them saying that death is only a theory. Yes, like death is that is a good theory. that is a good start right there. Death and mortality are simply scientific theories. That there might be an alternative. We should teach the alternative. Yes, we should teach alternatives to the concept of death in our schools. Well, what, what alternative to death? Just living. People already know that, that alternative. They're doing it right now. Intelligent mortality. What's that? That upon um, a certain point, when perhaps your mortal coil has been exhausted, you, instead of going through what some in the field would consider death, you are instead... Um, intelligently recalled by whatever creator or creative force in the universe you may or may not believe in. I'm sorry, uh, so are you suggesting that we don't die, we just live on in the afterlife? Or you buy the farm. Wait, hang on, hang on. I'm not, I don't know if I'm with you anymore. So you're saying we're not physically on Earth anymore? I'm saying perhaps it's not for us to make that decision. Perhaps this... Because um, I thought you meant literally we never die. I didn't think you meant we never die in the eyes of Jesus. Well, 
whatever creator you choose. It doesn't necessarily have to be Jesus. Uh, no. For me personally, it's Marduk. I'm sorry, who? Marduk. Who's that? I don't know. It, he just had such a catchy name to him, and I read about him in some mythology book, and I thought, someone with a name like that, I could see that being the creator. What mythology book? I've never even heard of this person thing, God. Are you sure you're not thinking of Marmaduke? He's a dog. Oh, Marmaduke. He doesn't die, but that's because he's a cartoon. I wish we all could aspire to that height. Being a cartoon? Marmaduke's height of not being able to die. He's actually not as tall as we are. He's, I mean, he's big for a dog. Well, no, I meant uh, aspire to his height uh, metaphorically. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I got to admit, this is a real disappointing conversation. Well, as, as a professional, I really do not like to divulge my uh, my personal opinions uh, upon the afterlife and upon um, you know whatever creator you may or may not have or may or may not be incorrect. I wanted to get more back to the issue at hand of you self-medicating via the uh, block of wood. Self-abusing? What? I said self-abusing. He was self-abusing. He was no, abusing. self-medication. Well, that's what you keep saying, yes. I mean, if you in, if you plan on actually harming yourself for, you know, just for the sake of harming yourself, then yes, it is self-abusive. But Jordan's actually, you know, hit himself with a block of wood in the in the hopes that he can fix his problem. It this makes way. me feel better. Yes, it's self-medication then. Okay, so when he was getting hit by someone else, that was all right? Well, no, that that's just um, perhaps an amateur psychologist um working without a prescription oh does that mean as a professional you could hit me for me well no i'm not i'd have to be a psychiatrist to hit you why would a psychiatrist hit him that's terrible well i mean it doesn't have very high efficacy that's true it worked for me before maybe that was stockholm syndrome from your kidnapping though i don't know i i mean i i still think they were wrong about their reasons for kidnapping me but they did a nice thing by making me so happy and they they also the block of wood may have uh, represented a sort of a dependency kind of relationship your mind just got used to it uh being a source of good and a source of the eradication you're suffering over time and thus you've become addicted to it that's your medical opinion Yes. You know, you don't have a medical opinion. You're not a doctor. I am a doctor. You're not a medical doctor. I am a medical doctor. I just can't prescribe no, medicine. You're a PhD. Oh, yes, but that doesn't mean I can't help people with their problems. You don't have a PhD in medicine, so you're not a medical doctor. See, that's just what you think right there. Oh, speaking of medical doctors, though, actually, we do have a, a, another friend who has uh, need of a medical doctor. I believe he's in the hospital right now. Uh, our friend Charles... Uh, last week, while I was unconscious, we got some uh, letters from our friends in Binghamton. He fell down the stairs. I think his face came off, things like that. He was in serious uh, injured capacity, is what I'm saying. But we do have another letter this week. I guess um, that was his way of kind of saving face from the occasion. Well, he didn't. it didn't get saved at all. It got, it got scraped off, I heard. But at any rate, um, we do have another... What, we, what we've been doing recently is we've had audio letters... Um, so we do have another audio letter from our friends back in Binghamton. Uh, why don't we listen to that? Maybe it'll tell us how Charles is doing. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, let's listen to that right now. Charles, is this how you do it? If I just turn this button right here and everything's working, right, Charles? Yeah, okay. I think I think that works. Hi, guys. This is Cheryl, and um, I know you haven't heard from me much, but I'm sort of lurking in the background now, and now that... Uh, Charles is kind of out of commission. He's our own Humpty Dumpty, and we just patched him back up together again, but he still needs some time to heal up. But Charles, Charles, you can't talk when your mouth is wired shut. It's okay. That's what the tube's for, buddy. But but anyway, 
Um, I'm glad to hear that Jordan's back. We we were a little worried. Now, if only we can get Frank, but, you know, I hear people are working on it, so all in good time. Anyways, Charles, we've got some new episodes we're sending, right? What are they? Okay, so that's the diner, and... Slam Jackson sounds good. I guess we'll send Slam Jackson. That sounds good to you, right, Charles? Okay, okay. Um, so, uh, enjoy, guys. Have fun. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Uh, wow, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like Charles is not doing so well. Um, doctor, uh, you, as a medical professional, what was your opinion of how he sounds? Well, he's not a medical professional, so I don't know why you're asking. He is. He's yes. working... I am a yes. medical professional. It's just, um, you know, I'm not exactly a medical professional of, um, you know, mouth wirings or such things, except if they pertain to golden retrievers. You never studied medicine. You studied dog medicine, animal medicine. It's different. <laughs> That's what you think. Yes, that is what I think. But but seriously, Charles is, I mean, Charles is a good friend of ours, so we hope that he gets better. And I, I'm hoping that you have some sort of advice for him, some sort of insight into how he can make himself better. Hmm. Just get rid of those uh, delusions of the um, myth of death, and um, you know you'll definitely be feeling a lot uh, rosier as you do heal. No, but see, hang on, I, I, I'm still, I'm still unsure about this now. I was with you at first because the idea of never dying, I'm on board. But if you're talking about him accepting the afterlife in any capacity, and then dying on Earth and then living on somewhere else, that doesn't help us. Uh, the, the whole like stuff about Marduk and Marmaduke and uh, the the afterlife that that's really all just kind of relative and varies depending on what you believe in. It's it's all like personal religious um, sort of stuff that I shouldn't have even brought into the conversation in the first place. What's important here to realize is we're never gonna die. As long as we understand that. Die physically. We're never going to die physically on Earth. Like, we're going to live forever on Earth exactly like we are now. Maybe not exactly like we are now, but, you know, as you get older, you just start to look for real estate down in the, you know, like the rural areas, especially farms. So we're still going to buy the farm. Yes. And we're still going to go... I think that's a normal thing for anyone of advanced age. I thought to- we were just going to tell children that the the people oh, who died already bought the farm. I guess uh, yes, we're definitely going to tell the children that because then if they if we start getting the word death in their ears, we'll never be able to get it out. Right. And then they're going to start getting delusional, and then they're going to start dying, and then we have a bunch of like dead kids lying everywhere, and no one really wants that. But then if we just replace it with buying the farm, isn't it just going to be that everyone thinks that they buy the farm, and even if if they just stopped thinking that they buy the farm, they would no longer buy a farm we're encouraging positive thinking with this how is that positive we just start getting the word death out of everyone's vernacular we don't even need to really stop at children here yes right yes so our ears are still tinged with the word death i think i think we get ourselves into the sort of habituation of going more towards the idea of buying the farm right okay but listen here's what i'm saying if we say if we don't we're not going to say charles is going to die right because we don't want to say die but if we say charles is going to buy the farm then he's going to get the idea in his head that he should be buying a farm when he doesn't have to buy a farm. He could just stay here in the city. That's a silly thinking right there. Which part? The idea of, you know, literally going out and buying a farm. At, at least as young as he is. I, I'm pretty sure he's not of advanced age enough to buy the farm yet. Yeah, but this was a pretty serious injury he got. This might be like a, a rural thinking type injury. Then maybe he can go more towards the suburbs. Oh, okay. Well, Charles, I hope you enjoy your time in the suburbs and I hope you come back to the city is what I'm trying to say. Don't go out to the farm yet. Can we accept this? I have no problems with it. Yes, I, I hope Charles is all right. Is that, I hope he doesn't 
I hope he's all right. So he really did get hurt? Well, I, I sometimes will fall, but I am always okay. Well, Doctor, you are a, a pet expert. Well, Scape has encountered perhaps a few traumas. Um, as long as, um, you know, as long as he understands he's going to live forever, you know. Yeah. All wounds heal over time. I will live forever. This guy is a good doctor. See, Scape has it. Exactly right. No, he's not really that kind of doctor, Scape. What, what do you mean, that kind of doctor? You're not a medical... Well, you keep saying you are. Yes, I am. But you're not. That's what you think. Yes, that is what I think. And it's what the rest of the world would think if they knew the facts. That's just fatalistic thinking right there. You're... The only way it's fatalistic is if someone went to you as a doctor, they'd probably die. Mr. St. John, um... Sinjin. But on the piece of paper, it's a St. John. That's how it's spelled, but it's pronounced Sinjin. Come on. All right, uh, Mr. Sinjin. It's British. Uh, I, I assumed. Um, it's a weird pronunciation. No, it's it's not. But well, I, I I agree. It is a weird pronunciation. But <sighs> you see, the pathological idea of death just permeates your mind uh, so much that you just start thinking negatively about a whole variety of outlooks, including you know you just start developing certain delusions of um, other people's specialties or their qualifications. I personally believe that you are a fraud. Well, that's what you think. That is what I think. And every time someone says that they believe I'm a fraud, I just simply say, well, that's what you think. And, you know, their negativistic, fatalistic outlook on life, I'm not going to let it interfere with my own personal reality on this. Rory, again, this guy, Dr. Pemberton, is helping me. And you, right now, are hindering me. You know, I, I gave you back your key because Devin took it away, but maybe I should take it back away again. Mr. St. John, are you... Mr. Sinjin! Mr. Sinjin. Are you happy right now? I guess I'm fine. You don't seem it, though. You you seem to just have a lot of negative energy. In well, you. I don't enjoy having, you know, frauds tell me things that are not true. Now you know how we feel when you talk. No, it's not the same thing, no, because I... No, it's not. He's a doctor who's claiming to be a medical doctor, but isn't. He's not even a human doctor, but he's claiming to be a human doctor. He's not. Can I... Can I ask you... Yes, what? Yes. What is causing you so strongly to believe that I'm not a medical doctor? The fact that you didn't study medicine. But I did, and I've studied a lot of sort of uh, trials with, you know, dogs, cats like Scape over here, and... You know, using the animal model, we're able to apply a lot of this uh, knowledge and understanding. But you're not even an animal psychiatrist. You're an animal psychologist. I'm feeling a lot of resistance from you, though. Yes, I resist your efficacy. And all I'm asking is, why? Is there, are there, is everything going well with you right now? Well, (sighs) no, things are not going well. Really? What's, I didn't know that. What's wrong, Rory? Well, there is one thing that happened last week that... No one really paid much attention to that was not very good for me. You weren't, um, you weren't really being heard or listened to? Well, that's because he wasn't here. So that's no, that's not, not what I'm, that's not what I'm, I mean, yes, of course I wasn't, but that, and that's not why I'm upset. It was in the episode, did you not even listen to the show? Well, of course I'd, I'd listen to the show. In the episode of Slam Jackson we heard last week. Was this about uh, the mayor of Japan? Wait, you heard about this? Yeah, that must have been quite a big tab to pick up from Slam. Well, yes, okay, so you know about this then. Oh, with the, 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 the Thing where the monsters destroyed Japan? What about it? Slam Jackson is billing it to me as part of his expenses for finding Frank Allen. Do you know how much that is? To rebuild Japan after a monster attack? I... No. How much is it? It's a lot! Jordan, it's going to cost me pretty much everything I have to find Frank Allen. I don't even like Frank Allen. Now, in these kind of, well, difficult times, you know, there are a lot of people out there who... You know, they're being pressed to their breaking point in terms of their personal finances, and it sounds like uh, 
you know, Rory St. John here, he's... Sinjin! Sinjin is just, you know, he's he's dealing with some very similar issues to what a lot of people are dealing with. And it's not too uncommon when stuff like that happens for them to kind of collapse under the weight of that sort of fatalism. And what do you mean fatalism? It's going to cost me all my money. I don't have... I won't have money anymore. Yes, and, you know, I could see then how that might be... Um, how that might fuel a sort of negativistic or fatalistic outlook as it's only human to uh, to react in, in such a manner. It's only human to think that if I have to spend all my money, I won't have any money. Yes, yes, humans have the brain capacity to understand that concept. And then, you know, a lot of a lot of your thinking may start to go towards, you know, the the idea of loss. And perhaps from there, it's just a short jump over to the whole delusion of death. What? I'm not thinking I'm going to die because well, I'm broke. Well, not consciously you're not thinking about it, but subconsciously you are. Uh, so, so, so what you're saying is... Uh, that's if, why you're giving me so much... That's why you're giving both me and Jordan a lot of resistance right now in terms of our ideas. If I didn't believe I was going to die, I would be much happier about the fact that I'm dead broke. You see, right there, you use the term dead broke. It's it's influencing you subconsciously. It's 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 feeding into every little aspect of your life. No, it doesn't. But I'll be broke whether I'm dead broke or just regular broke. It's broke is broke. No money either way. If I live forever with no money, that's even worse than dying with no money. Y- you see, right there, he'd rather he'd rather be dead if he were broke yes. than be alive. Like that. That's that's pretty telling. He obviously, um, Rory is you know not doing the best right now. Rory, let me just say, I I know how you feel, but you don't need the plank of wood. No, I wasn't going to hit myself in the face with a plank of wood. That's what I would do. You know, I do work with a psychiatrist who could prescribe that for you. I didn't want to hit myself in the face with a plank of wood. I want to have money. It so, wouldn't count as self-medication. No, well, because you'd be a... I know, and I don't want that kind of medication. Besides, if I really wanted medication, I could get actual chemical medication. Oh. Yes, but you don't know the efficacy of a block of wood. You said it was low efficacy. Look, it doesn't matter. I'm well, not hitting you myself. Medicate, yes. I'm not hitting myself with a block of wood. I'm not doing it. No, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get money again. That's what I'm going to do. See, that's a more positivistic outlook. Now, if you can just couple that with sort of working on your delusions of death, what does death have to do with it? We can make it? some definite progress. This here. is preposterous. It is preposterous, but you shouldn't give up. No, that's not what I meant. Rory, please. You- I'm asking a lot here, and I understand this because it's a it's a very tough sort of thought process to conquer. But you have to give up the delusion of death. Well, let me let me tell you one thing. I don't have any money to pay you to be my psychologist. Hmm. We could perhaps work out a the, the sliding scale plan. Like as as you get some of this money back, thanks to your more positivistic outlook, we could uh, we could even look at like you know payment down the road. I I. I don't, I don't know. Let's just take this and the step away from no as a positive step for now. Yeah, Rory, I'm really sorry to hear about that. I mean, that's, I know your money means a lot to you. It does. All right, well, you know what? Uh, let's take a moment to slip aside and uh, listen to some shows. That'll hopefully cheer everybody up. Uh, we do have two episodes of two of shows from them. Uh, one is uh, The Diner, which is uh, a show about a diner. Um, we actually accidentally aired uh, the sixth episode without airing this the fifth episode. So this is the fifth episode. Hopefully it won't confuse everyone too much. Uh, in addition, we also have uh, an episode, another episode of The Search for Frank, in which we find out about Slam Jackson finding uh, Frank Allen. Hopefully he doesn't realize how broke Rory is um, and he's still looking. 
So, And you should feel really good about yourself. You are making some definite uh, progress in conquering death here, uh, Mr. St. John. But I do. I mean, see, it's singing. Well, let's, let's get to the shows. Let's get to the shows. Here we go. The Diner. Created by Angela Tymon. Written by Pete Powers, Charles Berman, Daniel Schwartz, and Angela Tymon. Episode 5, The New Number 2. You know one of the things I love about my job? I'm the one in charge. I'm the one who decides what does and doesn't get done. What changes and what stays the same. I control entropy. At the diner, however, the less you could do, the more power you had. And no one ever masterfully mishandled that power better than the business consultant Matt Hyatt. Staff, assemble. Steve. Carr. Mike. Old new girl. I have a name, you know. Well spotted, so do I. She has a point. As the only girl who is new, the title of old new girl is hardly befitting. You're right, Tur. I shall call you only girl. Enjoy it while it lasts, as now it is over. I will now call you old only girl and introduce this other girl. Oh good, we're replacing the confused meat thief? No, I've hired us a business consultant. Uh... Meet Ruth, our consultant for the business. Consultation. Consultant, I hope you were paying attention during roll call. I will not dignify the employees by repeating their names. Good policy, Matt. Never dignify the employees. Why do you think they have social security numbers? True. You'll see, in business there are two types of people. The yees and the yours. I am the employer. They are the employees. Hear yees, hear yees. Attend to our pearls before the swines of silk purses of knowledge. Couldn't have said it better myself, Matt. No, you couldn't have. My name is Ruth. I majored patronizing public speaking at a very prestigious facility for higher learning. Maybe you've heard of it. Oxford. Nebraska. Matt, you're embarrassing me. I'm trying to show them how great I am at being humble. I got my MBA from the University of Phoenix, where I specialized in feng shui. She's bilingual. Are there any other kinds of lingual we should know about? (laughs) I'll buy some of her lingual. I'll get it. Don't bother. It's just Melissa. I'm unilingual. Nobody cares. Two is better than one. That is why two birds in my hand is better than the one I already killed, with a stone in my diner. Not that I've ever murdered anyone. Or birds. Especially not with stones. But now, Ruth, back to you, with the talking and speaking and the consulting. Thank you, Matt. What a handsome way to put it. I spent three years in charge of poetry and herding goats for charity. Where? Everywhere. For which one? Yes. What? How? What? What? I felt left out. There will be plenty of time for that later. On to more consulting. I acted as financial administrator of the Ivory Coast, and I potty trained the entire hominid royal family of Zambezi. Wow, that sounds important. It's supposed to. Doesn't. What was that? Nothing. I figured. All of my years of extensive experience doing many important things shall now be pointed at you. Do you know who does not do important things? You, the yees. So now listen ye, listen ye, and you can pretend to be important as I do. When I am through with this place, it will be shaped very much like a ship. Its top will be tipped, and its crop will be creamed with its wheat or corn, whichever I prefer. Questions? Uh, yeah. You've talked a lot about yourself, but not a lot about what you're going to do. Precisely. And? I am going to consult your asses out of your hats. Huzzah! Smoke it in your pipe. That smokes things. I give up. God, what I wouldn't give for the deaf meat girl. And so, yees, are you pumped? Are you ready to give your all to me and the diner? And by proxy through the diner to me again? What more motivation could a minion need? A raise. More motivation, Minion Mike. As the rest of your names don't sound good paired with Minion Lackey or Sycophant, you'll all be referred to by number going forward. 
Um, my name sounds good with sycophant. You're right, Steve. You shall be one. Now that you are all putty in my capable hands, I am going to get lunch. Care to join me, Matt? Indeed. Let's enluncheonate ourselves. One, five, number Jan, two, four, six, oh, one, minion Mike, good day. Way to take control of the situation. You are a man who knows what you want. I am, aren't I? Let's go somewhere nice. Good idea. About my idea. They are good. And plentiful. Good, plentiful ideas. Who is five? Am I number Jan? Well, it's not my name. It turned out I was five. In that episode of The Diner, old Jen was Julia Adams, Jen was Angela Tymon, Matthew Nichols' entrepreneur was Daniel Schwartz, Carter was Jack Coonrad, Ruth was Lisa Paquette, Mike was Jordan Randall, and Steve Andrews' businessman was Pete Bowers. Hello, my name is Rory Sinjin. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. On July 11th, 1804, in a duel held in Weehawken, New Jersey, Vice President Aaron Burr fatally shoots his longtime political antagonist, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton, a leading Federalist and chief architect of America's political economy, died the following day. That son of a gun Aaron Burr thought he'd do me in. Ha, he missed. No, I didn't. But I'm still here. I don't feel anything. Check your breast. Well, I feel this. There's like a like a cold lump in there, but that, that's nothing to worry that, about. That lump, that lump is breast cancer. That lump is going to do you in. If the other breast, the bullet hole in your other breast isn't going to do you in before then. The bullet that I shot at you, I got you. It just didn't notice. Well, look here, there's another lump on that one, too, and that one's kind of kind of bloody. Yes. I wish you a good afterlife, Mr. Hamilton, if you excuse me. I've got to go and be vice president. Good day, sir. Thus the infamous lesson of the life of Alexander Hamilton, to always check your breasts for lumps. It will both warn you of the onset of cancer and alert you of bullet wounds, both of which are treatable if caught early enough. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Well, that's all very nice and good. My name's Rory Singer, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cass and Wax. And you know what checking your breasts for lumps won't warn you of? It won't warn you of a monster rampaging all around Tokyo, destroying Japan, and then someone billing it to you. Why would they bill it to you? You know, you weren't there. You didn't bring the monsters. The monster's not your fault. You didn't tell the private investigator, hey, if you see any monsters in Tokyo, you know, have them rampage if you would. I didn't even want them going to Japan. Why was he going to Japan? You know, Japan is a fun place to go on vacation, not, well, I mean, it was before it was destroyed. You know, now it's a place that I'm going to practically own, except for the fact that I, mean, I don't get any of the profits, you know? They're going to rebuild Japan on my dime, but I don't even get to own Japan. I mean, if I was the king of Japan, that would be a separate thing. So, you know, it, it can warn you of breast cancer, but what? I don't have breast cancer. Where was my warning sign, you know? Where was my lump that I could have felt and caught it early enough? I mean, I suppose it was in the first episode at Slam Centers where he was more concerned with opera. You know, I should have realized he's going to build me for money. At any rate, here I am, you know, no breast cancer. I checked, you know, no lumps, so you should make sure to check yourself. Just you know, don't hire detectives who are going to... My name's Rory Singen, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! For Frank, episode five, Great Deals Done Used Czars, by Pete Bowers, Charles Berman, and Daniel Schwartz, including Eddie Kirchner. 
Our story continues, dear listeners, with Slam Jackson, private investigator and world-famous globe-trotting adventurist, I... dragging me from the Bolshoi Theater after an interminable performance of The Legend of the Invisible City of Kitiege and the Maiden Fevronia by Nikolai Andreevich Rimsky-Korsakov. And I... An opera so profoundly dull that by the intermission, I had literally forgotten what the sun looked like. Will you? Truly, of all the cruelty ever inflicted on human life, this one ranks right up there with the Holocaust and underripe honeydew melon, making you, Slim Jackson, the worst person in the world for making me... I didn't like it either, okay? Go on. I thought it would be great. The golden cockerel was fantastic, but that was just awful. I feel like an idiot for spending money on it, so could we please just drop it already? Having been vindicated by the march of history, I now turn to Slam Jackson and ask him what we are doing in Russia. The last episode of Frank's show had him tracking down some guy in Moscow. I figured he might be here, accusing someone of something. So that's how it ended, huh? I wasn't able to watch more than two episodes without the Japanese dubbing, which was, I hate to admit, hysterical. Funnier, perhaps. But it doesn't get us anywhere in terms of finding our guy. Maybe one of the crowd of sickly-looking young people will know where to- Oh, woe is me! My wife and three tiny children are all stricken with illnesses various and gross. My soul is a hollow cavern full of bats. What a very Russian dilemma! To be so dispossessed and disillusioned, my only choice is to beat Slam Jackson with this pipe. Wait, what? And no sooner had the Slavic scoundrel voiced his intentions than he launches himself at our hero with a pipe, only to be deflected by Slam Jackson's moving slightly to the right. Shucks, I have missed Slam Jackson and lost all of the tobacco from my pipe. Sorrow and misery. My family's farm has failed to produce enough farm products. We shall surely be destitute and forced to wander countryside in Jalopy. For this, I shall chuck Slam Jackson to death. You can't... You missed. Don't choke that guy. He's on your side. Slim Jackson, I do not receive intention behind your defeat. Bozomoy, seated in a cafe not three feet from our hero, is the most intense arch nemesis to date, the director and acting coach, Konstantin Stanislavski. A fair delivery, but I do not believe it. Neither do I. I thought you were dead. Not at all, shouty man. I was merely acting dead. Now, Slim Jackson, one more time. Strongly play the action of Luz. What a boondoggle. I have foolishly entered into relationship with wealthy married woman. My heart is tortured by the wealth and husband of my paramour. I can resolve conflict only by shoot Slim Jackson. Ah, death rattle. He just shot that guy. I used to use prop guns, but I did not believe they were real. Look, Constantinople. Constantine. Whatever. What's this all about? At last. 
genuine confusion. Just answer the question. Ah, a desire to truly interact with Sien partner. I will respond. Frank Yellen Investigative Variety Show. Yeah. Is a primary employer of method actors for dramatizations. I cannot allow you to take it off air by apprehending Frank Allen. Wait, what? I'm not trying to apprehend him. I just want to try and find him. Ah, at least you make intentions clear. Here is his most recent address. Wait, just like that? Will it be just like that? Where is the most recent address? Are there any jalopies in the Russian countryside? Find out next time in Slam Jackson, the search for Frank! No. Uh, no, again, please. Oh, well, sorry. <clears throat> Will it be just like that? Where is the most recent address? Are there any jalopies in the Russian countryside? Weep with terror and sob with excitement as you find out next time in Slam Jackson! The Search for Frank! In that episode of Slam Jackson, The Search for Frank, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Coonrat, Method Actor 1 was Jordan Randall, Method Actor 2 was Daniel Schwartz, and Method Actor 3 was Mickey Weishner. And Konstantin Stanislavski was Charles Berman. Thank you very much, Rory. And that was some really exciting news. We got we got Frank Allen's address. Well, we don't have it, but Slam has it. Slam has Frank Allen's address. I mean, this is terrific. We're going to find out where Frank Allen is. Now, now you see, Rory, you may have um, spent yourself to the point of near financial class, but at least your efforts are starting to pay off here. But I don't even like Frank Allen. Jordan guilted me into doing this. But... Don't you feel a little bit better inside knowing that um, knowing that you have made someone's life a little bit better? Who's? Frank's doing fine. He's got his own show, apparently. He's happy. He's making lots of money. Well, yeah, but what about our lives? We want to know where he is. So you're making my life better because I get to find out something. Yes, yeah, see? That's not that much better. Well I, well, I think it's better. Look, I wanted to know where Frank is. I'm hopefully going to find out. He's got his address. We're going to find out what happened to him. I'm concerned, uh, Mr. St. John, that... Sinjin! Mr. St. John, um, that you may... That perhaps you just have a difficult time uh, feeling good for people when they are doing well, but you may not necessarily. Well, I don't know. It's never really happened before. I mean, I went to jail one time, but at least I knew when I got out, I'd still be rich. Well, you even admitted yourself. Eventually, you might be rich again someday. I better. At at the very least, you're going to live forever, so... No one is going to live forever. Again, you're letting your present circumstances cloud your worldview. No, even when I was rich, I was not going to live forever. No one lives forever. You can't live forever. You can't take it with you. Only vampires live forever, and I'm not a vampire, and they don't even live forever because they're dead. You see, the vampires are the ones that just let their negative thinking consume them, and they ended up living forever anyway, but then, you know, things didn't really work out so well for them. I don't understand. They they think they're going to die so strongly that they live forever? Well, I... This is kind of more of a Schrodinger's cat sort of situation where they... Oh, I'm a cat. Well, no, you don't count in this one, Scape. What do you mean I don't count? I'm definitely a cat. Well, we're we're talking more about, like, the idea of something being both dead and alive at the same time. Now, now, some of these people who are so confused about their mortality that um, they're not quite sure if they're going to die or not, eventually become vampires. Who is this cat? Um, it's Schrodinger's cat. 
I'll fight him. And you would probably win, but um, the the point is kind of mute. It's a hypothetical sort of construct in in reality. Hypothetical cat? Yes, a hypothetical cat that is both dead and alive. Well, then he's only half alive. Exactly. So I beat him, and then he's one hundred percent dead. But wait, Scape, you don't know what you're saying right here. Um, you're making you're making a, a mistake because you're falling back into the delusion of death. I kill him. No, you, but by the act of killing him, you are giving in to the idea that something can be killed, that something can um, die. Wait, wait, wait! Are you saying I can't kill him because I could kill him? I'm tough. And perhaps you are, but the greater issue at hand is more the um, you know the the delusion that uh, we're all going to die. Somehow. Look at this! Look. Look at my fangs. Sharp. Th- those are some rather sharp, big, scary-looking fangs. I got claws. Yes. Yeah. But regardless, we have to continue with this whole idea that, um, you know, we're not going to die. All right, let me tell you a story, okay? One time, there was a mouse. Do you know what I did? What did you do? I killed it. I ate half of it. And it became a vampire mouse because it no. was half alive and half dead. No, it became a ghost mouse because it was all dead. So tell me this. If I bite off a mouse head, how does it live? It's, um, it's, it's, uh. That's a good question. Well, perhaps it's maybe a greater part of your delusion that that we're not all going to live forever. What about the mouse's delusion that its head's off? Perhaps a hallucination that. That plays to our delusions. Wait, so you're saying the mouse was hallucinating that its head was off? No, per- perhaps we're hallucinating that the mouse head is off. But it was. That's what you think. Oh. Do you see what I did there? I didn't see what you did there. No. Look, if we're all talking about the mouse, I didn't see the mouse, but I did hear about its ghost later. It well, was dead. Well, M- Mr. Slim Jim, how did you Sinjin. hear- Sinjin! Mr. Sinjin, how did you hear about its ghost later? It appeared on the show. It was on, um... Scaby stories. Okay, you heard about it from someone who is, though, rather delusional with the idea of the mouse being dead, though. You mean Scaby? Right. It's a classic case of not believing everything you hear. If you don't believe things that are told to you by a talking cat, what can you believe? That's a good question, too. That is. I I agree. Well, I'll tell you what. Then you should believe this. I could kill anything. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you know what a horse is? Do I know what a what is? A horse. Horse? Yeah. Yeah. I could kill it. You could. Oh, yeah. Well, Scape, I'm pretty sure you could, but the more pressing issue in this argument is Mr. Mr. Slingen, who is, um... Sin-jin. Like St. John, you know? Oh, but, Mr. St. John. No, no, but it's pronounced Sin-jin. But you just said it was pronounced like St. John. All right, you know, what, you know, you know the, you know the, but the actual way you say it, it's like, if you were to be inconsiderate and racist and call Indians Injuns, It'd be like that with an S at the front. But the name is derived from... St. John. Yeah. Who was not an engine himself. But you just, you just pronounced it St. John. No, that's, but that's how you pronounce St. John's name. Yeah, and your name is St. John. St. John. So, but it's spelled the exact same way. I, yes. I even have it on the paper here. No, I know. It's, it is spelled... Why do you have a paper? Is it... Are you writing me a prescription? Um, well, I didn't want to say anything. You're not allowed to write prescriptions. You're not a doctor. You're not a medical doctor. Oh, well, this, this is something I got more from my friend who is... Uh, a psychiatrist, and I am a medical doctor, by the way. No, no, no. I'm more concerned about whether I can kill. Okay, look, sharp teeth, sharp jaws. What if I came after you and bit you and kicked you, huh? Then what would happen? Are you necessarily sure that what would be happening would be real, though? You tell me. Does it hurt if I do it? Does it hurt if I scratch you? Well, hurt and death are not necessarily the the same sort of 
sensation. Well, I wouldn't know. Nobody ever killed me. Exactly, because you're going to live forever. No one can kill you. Yeah, but I could kill everyone else. That's what you think. Yeah? Okay, um, I don't think you're getting through to Scape. I don't think he's buying your philosophy. Is it philosophy? Hypothesis, I would rather, uh, term it, but, um, it's, it's a difficult one to, um... Prove. Well, to get, to, um, explain, but yes. A lot of scientific ideas, though, are, you know, going to be impossible to prove. It's more that we the, just generate what, evidence based on What scientific ideas are impossible to prove? Well, we don't, in science in general, we don't try to prove anything. We're just trying to pull up evidence. We're just... We're trying to disprove it. Yes? Or we're trying to compete with each other to disprove other people's theories. Yes. So your theory is that everyone lives forever? Correct. Well... It's pretty easily disproven by the fact that everyone dies. But everyone's not dead. Most people are. No, I think most people are alive, actually. I think there are more people alive than there are dead. How's that possible? I don't know, but it, I th I'm pretty sure that's the way it is. I, I actually agree. And again, like, as my study from uh, 2009 showed, one, we had those dogs for a week, and we were pretty sure that they were of a positivistic mindset. They made it through the whole week How without How do you dying. know they were positivistic dogs? Well... We weren't entirely sure, but this feeds into our upcoming study of how to detect positivity in dogs. All right, I've got an idea. You find me a group of positive dogs, give them to me for a week, and I will not feed them at all. Rory! That, that's kind of animal cruelty, Yeah, that's, Rory. that's, that's despicable. But no, why is it cruelty? If they're going to live forever, it won't affect them. We actually have a, a, a board at our lab that um, has the power that you hit of... the dogs with? No, not not a literal board, but oh. a board of people that um, that approve or deny experiments if they cross certain ethical boundaries. And Rory, you're, I'm sorry to say, your study would definitely cross a lot of those boundaries. But if they live forever, they're not going to be hurt by the fact that they're not eating at all. Well, yes, but do you really want to take that kind of risk? Well, no, I don't really want to take that risk, but I'm, it will disprove your ridiculous theory. Well, yes, but at what cost to, you know, canine life? Well, it depends on how many dogs we use. I feel like this is, again, a lot of negativity from your uh, personal finances that's kind of pushing for these very death-laden sort of language on your part. It's not death... It's because we're talking about death. We're talking about whether or not people live forever. So how am I supposed to do that in non-death-like terms? Well, you know, as we said before, if someone is of advanced age, they might go out and look at a rural real estate and uh, buy the farm. Fine. You give me a group of dogs who are happy, and I guarantee you that if I don't feed them, they will have moved to a farm where there's plenty of food by the end of the week. Well, that's... <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a little bit of a ridiculous proposition as dogs can't just go out and like buy real estate. No, but they will they will they will find themselves on a farm where there's plenty of room to run, trust me. Okay, so at the conclusion of the experiment you'd be moving them out to the country. They would get there one way or another. Okay. I I I think this study has some merit. No, I didn't want to actually do this study. I'm saying they will have bought a farm. Well good for them. I'm going to keep a bucket in the corner. They will have kicked it over, you see? Well that we try to um have well trained dogs who wouldn't engage in that sort of uh but they're going to behavior. engage in it we found no uh studies that link you know disruptive behaviors such as kicking buckets to um not not feeding animals they will all right they will find themselves going through a corridor towards a light go on and then they will go towards the light ah there's just like the plants i worked with they um they're very uh photophilic in no, other words. no they're going to all right what is another way i can say this they are going to stop living. Oh. 
Well, I think that's a perhaps a little outside of my jurisdiction. I never really thought about that too much. What? Stopping living? It's the same thing as dying! Yeah, but when you put it that way, it's just... This feels a little bit more real. Well, it is real. Death is real. Real people not, die. Not death, but maybe stopping living. Stopping living is the same thing as death, and they're both real. Because they're the same thing. Again, with the negativistic death I'm positivistic about it. You want to die? No, I don't want to die, but everybody dies. And you're positive about that? Not in the sense that I'm rah-rah about it. Well, then what do you mean? Look, okay, apparently Rory wants to turn this into the sadness show. Agreed. Which, which makes me want to hit myself in the face with a boy. I, you know, I do have a uh, friend who's a psychiatrist. We could uh, we could look into that as an option. For I thought you treatment. were trying to stop me from hit myself in the face well, with a boy. Well, in a more therapeutic sort of environment, we could get... We could get you connected with the board. Now, what's the what in what context? Like, how can I like connected with it? How like my face to well, it? Yes. Okay. But in a, in a therapeutic uh, sort of helpful environment. What's the environment have to do with it? I'm just using words here. It's it. In well, that's what we of, usually do. What I'm, what I'm saying is self medication is not uh, is not fully healthy. But perhaps in in an environment we can sort of supervise more carefully, it might uh, have greater efficacy. So I don't break my nose. Exactly. Right, okay. Yeah, don't let him hit himself with a brick or a board or whatever he's going to hit himself with. A brick? Well, that, that's that's going a little far. He hasn't shown advanced symptoms yet, so a brick is not necessarily uh, yeah, why necessary. Would I, a brick is too much. They're heavy. Rory, have you been self-medicating with bricks? No, they, I just said brick by accident. Don't worry about the brick. I'm much more worried about Jordan. Look, he shouldn't be hitting himself. Don't let him hit himself. Jordan, don't go with this man. He's a fraud. And especially don't give him any money. Well, I, he's here. I have to pay him for his time. This has been like an hour session. And I think we've made a lot of progress, even with Mr. Uh, Sinjin. Thank you. I mean, for you're, you're welcome. You're welcome for the... And I hope we can have more sessions like this where I help you in the future. Well, I need lots of help because I need to be hit a lot. And, y and you as well, Jordan. I thought you were just... Wait, you... I'm not going to pay you for this session. This is not my session. Well, no, this is this is Jordan's session, but I saw an opportunity in this to also sort of, you know, just give you a glimpse as to, you know, the help I can offer. I'm not going to pay you. You, you get none of my money. Sylvie. <sighs> I don't have any money to have. Again, we we could work something like that out. You, know, you can you pay me money? No, once you uh, gain money, once uh, things are back on the upswing for you with your with your newly positive mindset. I could pay you in extra historical readings. Mm, I suppose that could work. All right, well, perhaps we could work that out then. That's, that's easy enough for me. All right, well, I am really feeling the urge. I better get back in my jacket. Um, whew. Uh, what do we got to listen to as we leave here today? Oh, uh, as we leave, I'm going to play uh, my quickie uh, uke cover of Two Becomes One. The uh, Spice Girls song. But before we go, I uh, do need to say a couple of things. First of all, send us your letters. Send us your text letters or audio letters. Either way, please send them in. Send them in. Please, please send them in. Send them in to us. Please send them in. The email address is castinwax at gmail.com. In addition, hop onto the Facebook and go to Cast in Wax on Facebook and say that you like it. Because we only have like 20 people who like it. Let's get more people who like it. That would be better. It's a positive thinking at its best, liking stuff on Facebook. Yes, it is very positive to like things. Um, so let's do that. Uh, otherwise, I guess it's time for us to go. Whew, hopefully next week we'll find out where Frank is. Uh, that would be exciting. So everybody, uh, be seeing you.
together Say you believe it Say you believe it Free your mind from doubt and danger Be for real, don't be a stranger We can achieve it We can achieve it Come a little bit closer, baby Get it on, get it on Cause tonight is the night Saying, 